you may or may not remember that a couple episodes ago, probably more than a couple actually, I told you I got a shiny new microphone with my DFL budget. Well, I haven't been in my office that much when I've been wanting to record, so I haven't actually used it much or at all. As evidence, I have fact, I just spent an hour figuring out how to get it to speak to my computer and Audacity. Yep, the answer was turn it off and turn it back on again. So, feel like a child of the 90s like me. Should have tried that one first, but nope, somehow that was not my first instinct. But, um, see if you, see if it sounds any better. Um, well, you remember last episode, I was having a tiny little conniption about needing to have a script for this talk, and I don't do well with the script, and my life is ending, and yeah, apparently it wasn't that big a deal, and we're just going to use Zoom captions, which are actually surprisingly good. Like, I know AI is going to skynet us all, and the world is ending, and my profession is going to be duplicated by tiny snarky computers, but... One of the good things that AI has given us is the ability to do live captioning via bot, essentially. And that's something I'm super grateful for because I do live cast or live broadcast a number of my classes. And yeah, it's got limitations. It doesn't like it when I teach my bad words class because it's like, Hmm, I don't know if I want to transcribe the word fuck for you 22 times in a class. And linguistics in general kind of gives it a headache because just terms that it's not that familiar with. And some of them it can do just fine with. Like, it's like morphological. Of course I know how to caption that and spell it, which is better than I'm doing some days. But... By and large, it is something that is really pretty good. So I'm excited that I'm going to be able to ad-lib this to some degree. I did do another run-through. I'm a little worried that that's only the second one I've done. But it went much better. I did it in 55 minutes, but it's, I need to get it a little bit shorter than that because I know people are going to be getting settled at 1230 and then we're going to have introductions and then, um, so I'll probably be starting speaking around 1245 or so would be my guess. And we only have the room until two. So, plus I just think there's an upper limit on how long anybody is willing to listen to me talk. So, no matter how delightful I, I am. So, that is something I need to tune a little bit more. Like I said, it was 55 minutes. I pulled one slide that was one of those, we can either spend a lot of time on this or no time at all. And I went with the no time at all. It had a really complex web of different influences on 
academics, some positive, some negative, um, probably more negative than positive, but it's really interesting and it brings up a lot of things we might not have thought of, but I don't know how deep in the weeds I really want to get with that right now. So, um, I think I may have a few more things to change. I caught a typo the other day, which, you know, typos happen. But it's kind of annoying when you've read the PowerPoint through from beginning to end 20 times and you only now catch it. So, because I have a rep to uphold, I am the proofreader. There was a bar in Kansas, a beer bar right by our university, and it was a frequent hangout for some of the younger faculty members. And I have a hard time not proofreading. And I feel like this is something I should probably apologize for, but kind of don't. And I may have used my proofreading talents extensively at the beer bar to the point where I was not allowed to read the menu anymore. Yeah. So when you have a legacy like that, you kind of want to make sure that your PowerPoint doesn't have any glaringly obvious mistakes because you're going to get judged. And quite honestly, I probably should get judged if I do that. But um, I keep hmm, having thoughts about what I want to focus on. I don't think that I'm going to spend very much time on convincing people that mental illness is actually real. And the reason for that is not because I think there nobody doesn't think that. I think it's more along the lines of the people coming to my talk are probably all on the same page. And if I have somebody in the audience desperately waiting to tell me that depressed people should just cheer up, then I'll deal with that as it comes. And since I'm planning on recording the lecture, you'll get to hear me deal with that in no uncertain terms. But I just don't think that there's that much reason to kind of beat uh, point into the ground that we already agree with. Um, and for those people who don't think that mental illness has physiological effects, I have done a fascinating thing. This is not the way, quite the way my doctor or dentist who I've seen this week would put it, but because of the anxiety I have, I managed to sprain my face. Yes. I have put a muscle spasm in my jaw, and it is going to take less stress for it to heal. So, um, that is going to be an ongoing thing. It's actually gotten a bit better since I got it diagnosed, because I'm like, well, at least it's not face cancer like the internet told me. But it's definitely one of those, wow my brain has caused my mouth to not be able to open all the way. And eating is one of my very favorite things. As you can tell from the picture that was taken of me talking to Provost Sanders during the Graduates of Excellence lunch today. Suffice it to say, profile pictures, 
not my friend. But I'm making progress. I've got a few changes I need to make. But apparently my beloved husband is locked out of our office complex and in his gym clothes. So I'm going to wrap this up a little early. Go rescue him. But I will definitely talk to you at least once or twice more before the big day. But until then, take care of yourselves and be well.